0: And
1: I have coffee. What are you drinking out of there, Dan? What? What are you drinking out of there?
2: A nice little little tumbler. I should go grab mine.
0: I I don't normally eat breakfast. It's 10 in the morning and I have to drive afterwards. And I thought that drinking bourbon right now would probably be a bad decision.
1: (coughs) Yeah, I would say so. (laughs)
0: So we're going to stick to the coffee.
1: A podcast about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm tired and I'm Dan. And I'm Gold Eagle Jake. Not tired. And we're... (laughs) (laughs) Coming to you uh, at 10 a.m. on a Saturday, because this is the only time that Dan was going to let us record. (laughs) It's the holidays. We all got shit we got to do, man. Come on. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, the week of
1: Thanksgiving, Black Wednesday. A lot going on
2: on our normal recording day.
1: And we hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Um, How was your guys? I know what Dan did.
2: Yeah, so my family
1: decided to go to Jamaica.
0: Uh, And I was not on the invite list, apparently. Uh, (laughs) So I had a buddy down and we smoked some brisket, smoked some mac and cheese and watched Napoleon. Total letdown. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Save your money on Napoleon. But that was my Thanksgiving. Can't complain.
2: (laughs) Mine was not too eventful. Uh, As you know, it's a very busy week at the store, so the whole family just kind of used Thursday to reset and relax and just take it easy. That was nice. Mm -hmm.
1: I I smoked a turkey. Um, I had a lot of Michter's 10 rye. (laughs) I actually didn't drink uh, any
2: whiskey. I had just a couple glasses of wine and a couple beers.
0: I had a few glasses of wine and then uh, two pours, two pours of whiskey.
1: You're drinking wine with Adam. <laughs>
0: Adam's a big wine drinker, <laughs> and he, uh, yeah. we, we had a bottle with lunch, so we had a, a nice pinot with the brisket and mac and cheese.
1: Oh, look at you. you Probably the t- first
0: t- time I've <laughs> drank wine in two years, but, you know, got to mix it up every once in Good a while.
1: Good for you. Being I'm a cultured bitch.
0: You guys, <laughs> come on.
1: <laughs> so, speaking of Dan being a cultured bitch, just kidding. That has nothing to do with. Uh, what that we're has nothing to do with, with anything. <laughs> uh, we are continuing our series on the Big Six uh, Kentucky distilleries, and we are going to be talking about Beam SunTory today. Um, Primary, which basically is all the Jim Beam and Jim Beam affiliated labels, uh, such as your Knob Creek, and Bakers and Basil Haydens, and so on. Um, I don't know, do you have a full list of labels, Dan? I do. I do work for this podcast, or what? <laughs> Jesus.
0: I have the same stuff, same similar information oh, put together God. for the. Alright, I'll look it up then.
2: <laughs> for, I know I have it all right here. Shut your mouth. Well, so but we're we're mostly we're just focusing on the Jim Beam, uh, Jim brands Beam side from of things, yes. Kentucky
1: Distillery. Yep. Right. So yeah, we're not gonna be talking about the Japanese. No, not, whiskey not or any of the like Japanese that. stuff.
2: Just American whiskey. Yep. Um, I don't. Did Did you mention Old Granddad?
0: No, I, I have I have all
2: awesome the things listed out by Mash
0: Bill yeah, the same dang. way. Go I had ahead for and Buffalo uh, Let's go ahead, jump work. into it. Thank you. Jeez, <laughs> You guys are all testy this morning. Just want to get my do my work on my podcast. Um, so <laughs> Beam, very old distillery. So at 1795, Jacob Beam started distilling corn whiskey, uh, and it was under the name Old Jake Beam Sour Mash. And basically he was distilling whiskey and until 1880, the only way to get his whiskey was to go to the distillery and fill up your jug. So I could just see like we were doing our podcast back in the 1800s, that the shelf behind Jake would just be all three (laughs) X jugs that he was taking to the beam distillery. Hell yeah. (laughs) Just putting this, Hey, fill this, fill this up. Uh, 1880. Um, they changed the name and started selling their uh, product under Old Tub, and they started bottling at that point, too. So by 1880, they started to actually have bottles on shelves under the Old Tub label. Do you know where I that did... comes from, Old Tub? I didn't go into that deep. Jesus. Did, did okay. the bare minimum get the information I needed <laughs> for the podcast today. I'm not going to lie on that. <laughs> um, during Prohibition, uh, they were shut down. Uh, unlike Buffalo Trace, they didn't get a medicinal whiskey license to be able to continue opening or stay open. But 1933, after Prohibition ended, uh, they rebuilt the distillery from scratch in Claremont. And then in 1943, they changed the name from Old Tub to Jim Beam. And since they've made the name change, they've been the number one selling bourbon in the world. What's, uh, um, who is Jim Beam? Jim Beam was one of the the Beam families. It started with Jake Beam. It's all Just there's one seven of, generations. One of
1: Jacob's sons, yeah, or grandsons. And so, fun uh, fact: 18, uh, 1980s.
2: Old, oh, go ahead. Oh, real quick. Old Tub was named after the large mash tubs, uh, which they used to stir and cook by oh, hand. Okay.
1: Nice. Gotcha. Oh,
2: Google. it was also.
0: I think it was Jake. Uh, Jake Beam when he started. He was so concerned about his yeast strain that every day he'd take it home. He'd mm. take home some of his yeast strain just in case something that this happened at the distillery, he'd still have his yeast to be able to make his product mm. again. Smart. Yeah, kind of that great. is a yeah very good point to add. 87, uh, they purchased uh, a bunch of brands. So they purchased Old Crow, Old Grandad, and Old Taylor, which then was eventually sold off to Sazerac. Mm. And that's why Sazerac has the Colonel Taylor line. August 4th, 2003, they had a fire that destroyed one of their aging warehouses that had 15,000 barrels of whiskey in it. Fire went on for a long time and ended up getting in some streams and killed a lot of fish because they got drunk on bourbon. Um, (laughs) Then 16 years later, July 3rd, 2019, they had another warehouse start on fire and lost 45,000 barrels. Um, They've had seven master distillers in the company history. Uh, Almost all have been... A Beam, last name, except for the last two, uh, were Fred Booker No and mm-hmm. Fred Noe. Fred Booker Noe actually married um, the daughter of Jim Beam, and that's how they got into the family. So it's been basically run by family since they started. That's mm-hmm. kind of just a brief rundown uh, of their history. They are very similar to Buffalo Trays in the fact that they have a low rye mash bill, a high rye mash bill, and a rye mash bill. So their low rye, we actually know what their mash bills are. Their low rye is 77 corn, 13 rye, 10% wheat. And in that line, you will find your Jim Beam, you will find your Old Crow, your Baker's, your Knob Creek, your Booker's and Little Book. Old Top and Hardens Creek is all underneath the low rye mash bill. The high rye mash bill, which is 63% corn, 27% rye, 10% malt is Basil Hayden, old granddad. You have your rye, which is gonna be Old Overholt, Jim Beam Rye, Knob Creek Rye. And then finally, uh, there's a different mash bill for Legion, which is 75% corn, 13% rye, 12% malted barley. Um, Those are your main brands underneath the Jim Beam label. And when we talk about Hardens Creek, that's a newer one. Um, So they came out a few years ago with Hardens Creek, which is a two year release, and Jacob's Well, which is a 15 year. And I know Jake's probably excited to talk about it uh, this year, they've done a uh, limited release of Hardens Creek, which is a 17 year but they have three different <laughs> names Claremont, Frankfurt, and Boston. And I think Jake's treating them like Pokemon and trying to catch them all.
1: I'm and still waiting only on the different. Boston.
0: <laughs> <laughs> still waiting on the Boston. Is that a hint for Jake? Is that just kind of a casual drop right there? Um, He's dropped the hint. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, With that new Hardens Creek line, uh, with the Claremont, Frankfurt, and Boston. They're all 17 year, it's all the exact same. The only difference is they were aged in either Claremont Kentucky, Frankfort, Kentucky, Frankfort, Kentucky, or Boston. Uh, they did have a distillery in Boston, which is why they used uh, Boston as a place to age as well. So that's kind of the new experiment that's out. So if you want to see what different climates do to aging, it's a good experiment. Um, we can talk about it if I think that the price is right on that or not, that's fine to do. <laughs> but, uh, Uh, that's kind of just the basic rundown of Jim beam. So, and I know when we did our save six distilleries, if the world was going to end, I know we all had Jim beam on our list. Uh, one, there's a lot of history too. They make a lot of great products, but, um, I think it's kind of a good start to start talking about some Jim beam things.
1: Yeah. So can you read the, the
0: rye mash bill one more time? The low rye is Jim beam, old crow bakers knob, Booker's and Little Book, Old Top, and Hardens Creek. And it's weeded? No, it's rye. Low rye and high rye. Same as Buffalo
1: Trace. Oh, I thought you said wheat at some point. Okay. My bad. Um, So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like all of the Beam brands are pretty um, well-known. Yeah. you know, a lot of people, I think, get started on Basil Hayden just because it's so uh, low proof and smooth. Um, and then, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Knob Creek on this show. Um, it's one of Jake's favorites, right? Mm-hmm. Drinking that bourbon. <laughs> I mean, pick. I can't
2: tell you how many times I get asked what my favorite bourbon is, so I had to pick something to <clears throat> answer that question with every time. Um, and I do really like Knob Creek single barrel, so i would I would probably say yes that Knob Creek single barrel would be my go-to answer for favorite bourbon
0: nice and they have I mean we we did a Knob Creek barrel pick on the show a little over a year ago I believe yep. um, they have a very robust barrel uh, picking process uh, they do have a really good single barrel program as well which I know Jake you can talk more about that but I mean, yeah, and every single Knob Creek single barrel I've tried, and some, I'm sorry to say this, have not been Gold Eagle single barrels. I've tried some other ones as well. Uh, But I thought that they've always been phenomenal uh, whenever I've done a single barrel of Knob.
2: Yeah, I I just think it's one of the best values out there. Um, It's minimum 9 years old, 120 proof, um, and sits on the shelf for under $70. Uh, Usually it's $65 right now. And, um, yeah, every... I haven't really had a bad one, and they're all kind of different and unique. Um, so they're they're really fun to 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 taste and uh, kind of compare from one to another. Mm-hmm. Even even you guys remember when we got the sample kit? Like none of them were really bad. We agreed that we you know we'd be happy with all of them. They're just kind of mm-hmm. different, and it
1: was yeah. mostly like a yeah yeah. It, it's it's getting down to like really nitpicky things when. <laughs> <laughs> when all all the samples are that good, so right, it's 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 hard to um, it's hard to be uh, dismissive of of any of those that we tried.
2: Yeah. Plus, I think Jim Beam in general just kind of screams Kentucky bourbon with its flavor profile. It's very mm-hmm. very peanutty, very nutty. Um, you know, vanilla, caramel, sweet, um, oak, like sharp oak. So uh, yeah. Jim Beam is just a really good go-to to kind of explore Kentucky bourbon with their different offerings, and they're available and accessible. You're not going to have to fight anyone uh, or have to you know chase out to the store to grab anything from Jim Beam, So, right. typically, yeah. unless you're looking for a Boston.
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> Wait, you, and one uh... thing we
0: didn't talk about that Jim Beam also does a lot of is they have a lot of spinoffs of flavors from the Jim Beam label. Mm-hmm. So you have all your Jim Beam flavored whiskey lines. You have your Devil's Cut whiskey as well under the Jim Beam label. Yeah, um, Devil's, so Cut have, um, Devil's Cut is
1: actually pretty good. Devil's Cut is good. I tried and, that uh, at the Jim Beam uh, master class that you did earlier this year. Um, and mm-hmm. I was actually really surprised at how good it was.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's a really good point because I think that whole product line from Jim Beam with Devil's Cut, Double Oak, Single Barrel, mm-hmm. um, Bonded, those are all really, really good values. They all sit on the shelf right around $20 for 750-milliliter, mm-hmm. um, and they're all unique. The Devil's Cut, nobody else is doing this. The Devil's Cut empties a barrel and then presses the wood so much that it squeezes out extra bourbon out of the oak staves, um, and that's how they get the whiskey for Devil's Cut, and it's mm-hmm. a $20 bottle. So they're doing a lot of really cool things, and they're, they're so huge that they can afford to keep all these items on the shelf at very reasonable prices.
1: Yeah. I I actually use the uh, Double Oak for cooking because it's got so much flavor. Um, it like complements things really well. Like I use it in like barbecue sauce and stuff and it tastes incredible. Ooh, that sounds really good. And I don't feel bad because it's only like 20 bucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're all yeah. 86 proof
2: so that's For like a beginner, that's a really good, you can, you know, under a hundred dollars, get five different bourbons and just kind of compare and work on Mm -hmm. developing your palate to pick up all these different flavors that you're getting from each expression. Mm
0: -hmm. My, my first experience with Jim Beam was back in college, like a lot of people's, Uh, but I didn't like whiskey at the time. Uh, But my friends made a drink that they happened to call the Instigator, which was a double shot of Jim Beam and a Red Bull. And I think you can understand why they called the instigator after that, uh, but that, that's what I drank through college
2: <laughs> I think that's that's probably the only reason why Jim Beam has a bad rap, yeah, mm-hmm, yep, right is because everyone has a bad hangover story from college of you know Jim Beam was probably the first bourbon you drank, and you probably mixed it with Coke, it was much cheaper than Jack Daniels um and yeah so that's that's probably why Jim Beam has a bad rap and they've also acquired and kind of built all these other brands just in the recent decade or two um so there's there's still a surprising amount of people that i run into that don't realize knob creek and bakers um, and old granddad are all made at jim beam Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and i like the one thing i find interesting with jim beam so we talked about with buffalo trace that a lot of their products are still extremely low-priced. Uh, we talked about a lot of the Jim Beam line is very, very affordable and very good value. The Knob Creek, the nine-year for under $70 is phenomenal. And even the 12-year for under under $90, I feel or for under seven, or right around 70 bucks is a really good deal. I think what's interesting with them over the last couple of years is they've had, um, Obviously, the Knob Creek 15, the Knob Creek 18 came out at pretty high price points, but it's pretty any more. But when you get above 10 years, it's not uncommon to see ten dollars per year aged. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily think that they're out of line versus today's pricing market. Um, then they I had don't. the
2: you don't and they're no, I don't. I think they're priced well, and it's it's cool to be able to find a bottle of 15 year old and 18 year old bourbon no other distillery is doing that except for heaven Hill with Elijah Craig 18. Um, you know, like they're kind of, they're kind of doing a little bit of a scotch method going Mm -hmm. nine, 12, 15, 18. And once those become more accessible and you know, they will because they're such a large distillery, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a really cool flight to show you what age does with American whiskey or bourbon.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, like I said, I don't think they're out of line with their ten dollars per per year when they get into older age statements. It's just it is it is pricier. Um, they came out then the, two years ago with the Jacobs Well and Hardens Creek, just the normal ones, which yeah. I thought I, I we we tried both of those in an episode a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I definitely liked the I didn't like the Hardens Creek much at all, and I thought for a two year it like what was that like eighty bucks for the two year Hardens Creek? Uh, yeah. Um, I think so. I thought that was pretty out of line. I thought the Jacob's Well was was fine. And that was a 10 year or something, I believe. 15, we, 15 year. Yeah. That one was fine.
1: That was good. Uh, yeah. then again, for the Jacob's same price Well range. was really good. Uh, the the Colonel the B Beam, I think, is the um, the two year. Um, yeah. That one was, I, I actually did enjoy it. Um, it was like hardcore peanut butter. Um, so like it's not so, as like uh, typical as like another. I mean, it, it was a highly concentrated version of like Jim Beam's flavor profile. Um, you know, being at two years old, that I think that's a little bit to be expected. Um, contrasting it with a fifteen year, I think was a bad choice on our part. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it was uh, th- the whole intention behind
2: that was to show that the way you run the still combined with a certain char level, you can get away with having a great tasting young bourbon. Mm -hmm. Um, and a a lot of the criticism was because it was $70 and it was two years old, but they did do, they put a lot of extra effort and thought into it. Um, and while it did lose to bakers in one of our blind tastings, pretty handedly in the Jim Beam blind, um, landslide or it was a landslide. It was like a 25 to five. Um, but I think we all agreed that for a two-year against a nine-year, it was good. Although it obviously didn't hold up to its mm-hmm. nine-year version, but it was it was it was it was a good expression of a two-year. It was the best two-year I've ever had. Put it that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know I think it's it's <laughs> which cool. I guess isn't saying much, but um... <laughs> yeah, <this> is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I I think they're. The fact that they're doing these kind of like experimental things is really cool. Um, you know, we talked about Buffalo Trace last week, and um, you know, Buffalo Trace doesn't really do experiments. Um, I they actually they do actually do some, but they like, do you'll but never, on a much smaller <laughs> scale. Yeah, they'll yeah, do like one barrel try or it. two barrels. Right. It's it's so. not like where Beam is actually putting it out into the market, and it's like reasonably accessible um which is is cool um I I, I think it's uh you know it, it's interesting to I don't want to turn this into a comparison between Buffalo Trace and, and Beam but like it is interesting that they have very similar product portfolios even in like the number of brands you know that they both carry mm-hmm. um but Jim Beam is like unbelievably accessible whereas Buffalo Trace isn't um, yeah, it seems like uh, maybe it's in, in part to just because people dismiss beam, you know, because it's the white label bourbon that nobody wants to drink. <laughs> no, I think
2: uh, it seems like Buffalo Trace is kind of still operating as an old school distillery. I mean, they are doing some experimental, but, um, you know, they're they're more traditional in the way they're doing things. And I mean, Jim Beam just built a new distillery on campus. Um, the Booker No distillery where they intend to do um, a ton of experimental things out of that distillery. So they're, you know, ever since Suntory came in and bought Beam, um, Beam has still kind of operated and done their thing, but it seems like they're adapting very quickly, um, which I, which you need to be in, you know, modern bourbon world. Uh, But they're adapting really quickly and staying ahead of the pace with experimental, stuff um and giving the consumer what they want more (laughs) options more age statements um and just different different cool things to try
1: yeah what somebody can fact check me on this but um speaking of the suntory buyout i had heard from somewhere and i don't remember if it was when we were in kentucky last year or or something some other place but um I had heard when Suntory came in and bought bought the brand that um, they tried to, you know, start tweaking things and, like, the mash bills and the recipes and uh, the employees actually threatened to walk if Suntory, you know, like, ch- fucked with anything, basically. And so, so they just said, like, all right, fine, like, hands off, do whatever you want. Um, and, like, that's how they've kind of maintained their their Dan, brand. Dan's um, calling BS. Dan's going to fact check. No, no I, <laughs> I, I,
0: no. I was trying to see if it lined up because I knew that there was a worker's strike in 2016. At Beam. I,
2: I'm, Four Roses had a famous one. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I have heard of something like this at Beam, but I'm not, I'm not sure enough to talk about it. Yeah. I, I
1: can't remember where I heard it from. But um, it's,
2: it's pretty it's, evident that they are kind of letting them do their thing um, yeah, but also you know, advising and supplying, uh, you know, the, some money to build mm-hmm. like this second distillery on the campus, build a really nice restaurant. I mean, di- the campus oh, yeah. of Beam has it's changed so much in the last five years. Um, you know, they have a really really nice farm to table restaurant and bar now on site, um, and you know, just the yeah, I mean. It's it's a cool place. It's it's cool how it evolved. It was like one of the first places to have a restaurant and it was just a little tiny barbecue pop-up. Um but now it's like a destination to go to grab a really really nice meal. Mm-hmm. Um and the campus is beautiful too. On a mm-hmm. hill and it kind of shows you what like a factory distillery would look like, but a nice factory, I guess.
1: Yeah. I I think they do like multi-course like whiskey pairing dinners and stuff at the restaurant every, every so often because mm-hmm. um, I get emails about it from <laughs> from uh, the, the brand but yeah um, yeah I mean it, it seems like a very uh, a very like um, like you said destination kind of uh, experience now um, which I, we talked about that I think a few episodes ago that that's how you know a lot of these distilleries are gonna have to start competing is drawing people in to mm-hmm. the actual locations and, Absolutely. and, you know, giving experiences.
0: So the worker strike at 2016 did happen with the take or with the purchase or when Suntory Tory purchased Jim Bean, but it was more over labor contracts versus.
1: Okay. Well, JJ my story is more fun. So a ton more fun. <laughs> now,
0: labor strikes, labor strikes are awesome. Super fun to talk about. Uh, Question for you guys, I wanted to ask is what is what are your guys' personal thoughts on bookers?
1: I I've never had one that I was like totally blown away by. Um, I I hunted them for a while um, because Roberto was really big on them. Um, Why would you listen to Roberto? (laughs) Like that seems like mistake number one in your life. I've I've been uh, not like disappointed with all the ones I've tried, but. Like, they've never been anything particularly special to me. Um, I, At the end of the day, they're uh, they're blends, right? None of them are single barrels. Yeah, they're blends. Small so they, batch. They should be... Like, I, I would expect them to be of a bit higher caliber than the ones I've tried have been, especially if they're a blend and, and not a single barrel. So, in my
2: opinion... Coolest packaging in all of whiskey. I absolutely love yeah, the I, wooden I box. I love the the hard plastic cover on the front. The bottle looks amazing on its own without the box. Um, great mm. bourbon inside, but I still think Knob Creek single barrels taste-wise are better than Booker's.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and with the packaging too, you get that nice little tag with the story of the blend on it. Um yeah, I, I've been the same way. I was wondering. I think I it's always been fine, but I've always thought, hey, this is just fine. Mm-hmm. I don't under I I don't think the price tag fits what the value you get out of the whiskey is. Um, I'm not saying that it was just like not knowing age and things when you try one. I don't know. The, it's just everyone I've I don't I, tried has just been kind of like this doesn't taste like a hundred dollar whiskey. I don't,
2: I don't think the price point is too bad, but the fact that you can't find it now anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we only mm-hmm. get like six bottles per release Um, and it's turning into like a a premium allocated item uh, where, you know, Knob Creek single barrels hit the shelf all the time and take a little bit to, to move through.
1: Yeah, I mean, you get like three Knob Creek barrels a year, don't you?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. which there's, there's, like, you know,
1: they're always good. They're always
2: good. They're still not like we can order whenever we want, but we have enough to most of the time keep the shelf full. Um, and they're always yeah. really good. I mean,
1: affordable. Another
2: too. landslide. It, it our our last uh, at the Jim Beam tasting, the same one that the Bakers took down the Jacob Beam. Um, we had a Knob Creek single barrel take down bookers and it was like 25 votes to five.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, that's always been my thought is I've never been blown away with bookers. Um, I do. I mean, one of the, one of the coolest, like I always, I, I try to be creative with bottles and things to be able to get more value out of them. Um, but like the bookers the box with the clear plexiglass front is awesome for storing corks in. Yeah, because you can have a nice little display of all your corks. Have you been at the Gold Eagle um, Bar? I, you guys got one at the bar. Yeah, the Gold Eagle Bar. But yeah, I've just never been huge on it. And then when we did that barrel pick, one of the barrel or one of the uh, barrels we tried was from the Booker Warehouse, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. We we took a normal Knob Creek over the Booker's one too. And I, I don't know. I just. I don't want to talk bad about it, but I just don't think it's worth the hype or worth the chase that a lot of people do for it. I think it's, I think it's fine, but yeah, I'd still have a Knob Creek single barrel. I
1: I think a lot of it's hype around it. um, And the, the fact that it's like becoming more scarce, um, I think is driving a lot of people to, to like go and uh, hunt for it. Um, But yeah, I, when there's other stuff that's always available and like, you know, even like Knob 12 is like on shelves like two or three times a yeah. year. And I, I, I say multiple, You can almost than, walk
0: into most uh, – you can walk into a lot of liquor stores. Well, a couple months ago, I'm not sure if there was a release or not again. We, we still because can't like, keep, keep it, to it on shelves, a bunch of liquor but stores
2: and seen it. I do know yeah. it's like very wide distribution. Um, and it's only a matter of time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. there will be even more. It will be – there will be – begging you to take it away in a few mm-hmm. years.
2: Yeah. <laughs> They'll come out with like trio sets with 12, 15, and 18 year
1: yeah.
2: um little vertical <laughs> mini packs. I mean that'll be cool when you can get a single barrel 12, 15, and 18 year and a little 200 milliliter gift set. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's I mean that's that's kind of been my one big knock on, on Beam is mainly just the booker's line. Like nothing wrong with it. I just don't think it's is it's worth the hype. Um like what it's we hate on we we hate on some other distilleries for some of the hype that's surrounded by them. I think that's the biggest hyped up product they have. Yeah. Um, Little but books. I, I, I had I, one that I liked a lot. The next one I tried was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Little books um, are they I, I kind I very different. Though, that like one yeah.
1: to another. Like the only like I think it's fine to to knock. Uh, the bookers and little book a little bit but at the same time like I don't know what else from beam you would consider to be like an allocated product like I, like besides their like special releases like knob 18 like they don't have something like equivalent to like pappy 12 or something where it's like extremely they have a couple
0: get. signature lines that are you never really see um
1: yeah, hard, super hardens fancy creek bottles. is Kind of,
2: yeah. I mean, like the Hardens Creek is like kind of their experimental line. I I would maybe, I would probably consider like knob 15 and 18 year for now being allocated. Um, yeah, they they do make a couple things that are only sold at the distillery. Like right now, they have like a heritage blend, I think that's like $250 and it's it's only available at the distillery. Um, but I guess yeah, like you know Booker's is kind of like a kind of its own thing, um, but it, it would probably be like most comparable to Buffalo Trace antique collection. yeah, I think because it's a blend of their most coveted barrels um, you know yep. at, at barrel proof. and that's that's the, that's actually really the only thing they put out at barrel proof on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Because even, even a single barrel is yeah, a creek, not at barrel proof. Everything else, they add a little bit of water to.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they, that, that's a good point.
2: Kind of like, I don't know, I would compare it to like a, a GTS, I guess. But they're not as old. Yeah. They're seven years. But, um, you know, I'm sure they're blending in some older stuff, too, with the, with the younger whiskey.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I uh, so so Jake, have you tried any of your Hards Creek, your Frankfort, or Clearwater
1: yet? Or are you just waiting to get all? all no, three I'm waiting, before waiting you start? to get the Boston before I open those. Um, I want to try them all together. Um, so yeah, we'll have to get the three of us. will have to get together and try those. Because that'll be interesting. I, I like
0: the I, like I like the idea of these all these experiments, and I think I saw that they're going to come out with a, a couple hundred milliliter sets, maybe of these. My one, like, knock against this is, like, it's it's 17-year-old whiskey at $170, which we talk about once you get older, $10 a year isn't out of the question. But it's like if you're trying to do an aging experiment and you're having to find three really hard-to-find bottles at $170 a piece so you can taste the differences, I feel like they're really stretching out the consumer on
1: that. Well, I, I will say that the, these were not particularly hard to find, like... There seemed to be a decent amount of them out in the market. Um, at least there was for Claremont and Frankfurt. What market are you by in? the time Boston started getting release? <laughs> 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 I, don't know. I didn't.
2: I didn't have trouble finding them. Really. Uh, we. I mean, um, we got like we got two bottles of each of those, and we're saving them for oh, our end really? of the year allocated release. Oh, I mean, I don't.
0: I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, I, but it sounds like Jake's been sleeping around other stores, Jake. How that make man. you feel?
2: But, but the other thing about Jim Beam is they, you know, because they're owned by Centauri and they have a ton of other products tied in with um, their American distillery. You know, there's a ton of scotch brands and liqueurs and stuff that they make and own Centauri as a whole. Um, they have very wide distribution. So, like, mm-hmm. their release number on bottles might be much larger than Buffalo Trace or Heaven Hill or these other distilleries. Uh, but they have such wide distribution and distribution outside of the U.S. too um, that I think a lot of their stuff just yeah. gets spread thin all over the place versus, you know, just to, like, hotspot areas. Mm. Yeah,
0: that's I, – I don't know. I just think um... – It's if if you're trying to like like the the four roses a box set with all the different uh, yeast strains and all the different mash bills that you can sip sipple or sample through all those was like 110 bucks or something. Yeah, genius
2: idea on their part, but it was not priced friendly. No, I mean you get for 500 milliliters. We actually had it for 130. That was the suggested retail price yeah. and for 500 milliliters of whiskey proof down to 104 i think it was or 102 um still really cool and i wish more distilleries did stuff like that because mm-hmm. you won't have a chance you know to kind of compare all the different mash bills and yeast strains in a consistent blend like that because you could collect all the single barrels and that would cost you a thousand mm-hmm. plus dollars um, right. But they're also yeah. single barrels, so they're it's not a good representation of each mash bill and yeast uh, strain. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was really cool. It was you know an opportunity to compare every single product that they make to another. But yeah, I mean, not something you're gonna daily drink, right? At over a yeah. hundred. I mean, that's the
0: thing is like I like I like to see all these different experimental things people are doing, and then being able to taste them side by side. Um, I would like to see them come out with something a little bit more affordable for this just because it's you're having to hunt for a bottle, you're spending close with tax close to two hundred dollars per bottle, mm-hmm. so you're almost six hundred bucks in for three different to try three different things they're just aging experiments basically at the end of the day um and which again the price not, the price per bottle with the age isn't out of line it just seems like it's a very expensive
2: experiment for people to and this is your old school mentality kicking in. I think My it's I think it's I think syndrome. it's cool. Yeah. yeah, uh-huh. I think it's cool. I think mm-hmm. whiskey people like to geek out and nerd out with whiskey and you know I would I would spend that money on experimental stuff from Jim Beam. Mm.
1: Yeah,
2: clearly. I'm fine, I'm fine I I being in the minority. I'm fine <laughs> being a crash of the old man, like always. I I I get your point. Oh. I see your side, and there's probably a handful of listeners that agree with you um but if, if there's a handful of listeners that agrees with us that's our entire list just <laughs> want to do the math on that real quick i mean how much is in a handful we're up to what like 50 to 100 per episode <laughs> uh <laughs> that's, yeah about that's, 100 that's a pretty accurate
0: range yeah
2: really narrowing it down there i mean that's that's <laughs> you know that's more than a handful come on give give ourselves some credit here it, yeah <laughs>
1: I'd say like five percent are probably agree with Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a,
0: that's a smart part. Smart part of the listener, base, at least. So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I um, said so I think the Jim Beam line is good. Uh, I think Basil gets a lot of hate. I think it's a great starter whiskey. I still think Basil Ten is a really good, really really good whiskey. Yeah, it's a um, it's a really good I starter like, whiskey. I, liked, uh, it's, it's I not, liked the basil toast way better than Elijah toasted. I don't know.
1: That was – Basil yeah, toast, basil
2: toast was very controversial.
1: Yeah, I, I've heard I, – I personally uh, like it, uh, but I've heard some people were really turned off by it. So um, I'm, fun, I'm not really sure why.
2: Well, fun fact about basil toast is it, it's also a different mash bill. Um, <clears throat> they use brown rice – instead of instead of rye oh yeah Mm -hmm. so it's kind of it's one-off mash bill and you had to think that they probably just did like an experimental run of brown rice whiskey and it didn't maybe turn out how they wanted it to and so they finished it in toasted barrels um and again not saying it's it's bad but um it's it's another we know basil's always at 80 proof so i think a lot of the a lot of the whiskey geeks um or people who you know kind of have more of a developed advanced palette 80 proof just doesn't do it for them um and mm-hmm. that's also probably where a lot of the hate comes from on the basil hayden line
1: yeah i mean we i tried that uh the uh malted rye a few episodes ago mm. that actually could be like 10 episodes ago now <laughs> but i i liked it a lot um it was pretty good um but yeah, I, and like I, but like I, I feel like had I um not tried some other malted ryes, I probably would have passed on this and been like, oh whatever, it's another Basil Hayden. Um, but like yeah, I'm kind of rethinking that now. Um, well, you're a malted. I was rye actually fan, so. impressed by it. So yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's a it's a really good like anyone who's new into whiskey. Um, Jim Beam, well Jim Beam kind of hits. Everything you know, it hits it hits your connoisseur and it hits your new uh, you know new whiskey drinker with the the whole twenty dollar um, devil's cut line and then
1: the Basil Hayden line
2: for a little more premium.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I mean, even like uh, the the granddad uh, line is like I think universally acclaimed <laughs> for being really good cheap whiskey. Yeah. And um, to
2: tie the two brands together, fun fact, the, the old granddad on the bottle is Basil Hayden.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Hmm. That is a very fun It fact, is. Jake.
0: Isn't Thank it? Thank you for that knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's a tasty little nugget. It there. is a tasty little nugget,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um but yeah, that so my other theory is kind of like old granddad and Basil Hayden, they're really the same thing, but they dressed up the Basil Hayden bottle to hit a whole new target market. Um, instead of your old school handle drinker, now they're hitting all these, um, you know, high end new people into the category. Um, but I guess like, this is why we all picked Jim Beam as our, you know, one of six distilleries to keep if we were to only pick six distilleries to keep, because they, they hit, they have such a wide variety of products, um, that they satisfy every whiskey drinkers palate in a way. I think we can all and the, agree like, on that. I,
1: I, we touched on it earlier, but I they have such a distinct, like peanut profile that's very unique in, um, in the, the the category. I would say, um, and like it's it's definitely something that like I reach for as like a dessert substitute a lot of times. Because um, I'm I'm not a huge like sweet dessert person. So I like a little bit of savory, uh, and like that peanut note just like hits perfectly. Yeah.
0: And, and too, for like people that are more cocktail people than straight bourbon or your people that like a little bit of flavor in your whiskey, they have their entire flavored whiskey line that, um, this again, really inexpensive and you can make some great cocktails with
1: the, with the flavors. Um, it's or the second time you pushed the flavored whiskey line. You—it's hey, uh, worth mentioning because
2: we we probably want to mention it. Part of their portfolio. Yeah, I mean yeah. the the Knob Creek Maple I would not have mentioned it. I think is is an underrated flavored yep. whiskey that you can just make an old fashioned and you don't need any simple syrup. Just add mm-hmm. a little bit of bitters and you're good to go. Yeah,
0: I think it's important because I think I mean when you talk about why are. Like I think a lot of people would be shocked to hear that they're the world's number one selling bourbon. Well, part of it's, they got big distribution through Suntory, but two, I think a lot of it is you hit a lot of these flavor profiles that people get that aren't big whiskey fans that, that draws them in at least and gets them to buy those bottles. So Mm -hmm. just my two cents. Nice. Anything else we want to talk about with Jim Beam or their things? I know we, we didn't really talk too much about uh bakers at all. Um, bakers for me, I guess, kind of middle of the road. It's I've never really sought after a ton of bakers. I've I've had some that I've liked, I've had some that I thought were okay. I don't I don't own a baker's bottle in the collection.
2: Um it's a knob what creek, you guys I think on it's bakers? a knob creek knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. I mean, it came out after Knob Creek, and they were kind of like, "All right, how do we get more money out of these Knob Creek barrels? Because it's the same mash bill as Knob Creek, and yeah, same mash um, bill.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a it's lower proof and a higher barrels price. at 107, right? Than Knob Creek single barrels, yeah, 107 proof. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'd, I'd equate Bakers to like the Blantons for Jim Beam, where it's their like premium single barrel Tater product. Bait it's a it's a sharp Tater looking baby. bottle <laughs> it's lower proof
2: single barrel um but also it used to be a small batch and then they it was it was it was a rebrand like five years ago it was a small batch mm-hmm. seven year and it was like fifty fifty dollars under fifty dollars um, and now it's about seventy um single barrel but you do get a little yeah, more every age. once
1: in a while uh, every once in a while you get one like that one that we bought, uh, or that you had at the tasting event, uh, was like a nine year. Yeah.
2: I was going to say you do um, get, sometimes you get a little more age cause it does say seven year on the bottle, but I do love how on the necker they put the exact, um, year and month that it was aged.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. And you can get lucky and get, get something a bit older in there. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. Um, but yeah, if, I mean, I, I wouldn't uh, go out of my way. Yeah, to I, don't get know. It. I think I think um, you
2: have to assume that you know they were tasted and determined that they drink with a little too much heat at 120 proof. So all right, let's move this over to the Booker's line or the Baker's line um, instead of Knob Creek. That's that's what I kind of mm-hmm. assume. Yeah. Teach their own.
0: Anything else on Jim Beam for today? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of. I'm trying to um, think about other... what
2: we
1: missed, but we did cover a lot, too. Um, Legion is the other thing. You mm. like you mentioned that, Dan. Yeah, and that's a different mash bill. Yeah, that's like that's a, a, it's all mash, mash bill, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. You got to think that, that was, of, that, that is was, that was always... a Suntory thing. Yeah.
1: Uh, is that always finished? Isn't it like a port finish or something? Sherry,
2: I think. Or Sherry? Um but it's like a Japanese-style American bourbon or American whiskey. What does that
1: mean? I, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I thought I remember reading that somewhere. I don't know what the story <laughs> exactly, but it, it did come out after Centauri acquired them. It's a new mash bill, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's meant to be like a softer, more approachable drinker um, because, because of the mash bill style, and I, th- I think it's sherry-finished. It's it partially finished
0: thing? in wine and sherry casks. Okay. But it's more than that. It pushes the boundaries for how bourbons can be created while remaining true to the core of bourbon principles. It's a but collaboration it's more... between two whiskey legends, <laughs> See? Fred No and Shinji Fukuyo. Yeah,
2: so it is a oh, Japanese okay. like influence, and they, they're combining yeah. their unique mm-hmm. styles to create Legion, and it celebrates Kentucky tradition and Japanese detail.
1: Okay. Yep.
2: Aged, aged in sherry and red wine. So I'm not just spewing yes. random thoughts. <laughs> like normal. No.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've never, I don't think I, I know I've never bought a bottle of Legion. I don't think I've ever really even tried a ton of it. There's just.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I've ever tried it. I mean, I, I should. A, wine finished things don't really interest me anymore. I just don't care for them. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> um. Other than <laughs> no that, No need to then... be a total asshole about that. Jesus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of sound like me, Cross the Old Man. Yeah, there. I yeah. don't drink... Like <laughs> I was just about to say the same well, thing. It's
1: just <laughs> saying, like, I don't yeah. drink wine-finished things, really. <laughs> I thought it was an interesting thing to contribute, but apparently not. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm not a huge fan
2: of wine finish, but I'm not, you know, I'll still give them a fair chance. Just doesn't really appeal to my palate. Yeah. All right. Nice. Cool. Well,
0: uh, again, this was right after Thanksgiving. This will come out uh, on Sunday, the 26th, which I think, Jake, you still have a store sale going on if people are listening to this on Sunday if you're yeah if
2: you're listening to this uh 15% off three or more gold eagle barrel picks so that is uh we never put our barrel picks on sale um this is this is kind of like a once a year opportunity um go to gold dot you can shop our entire inventory search gold eagle pick um to pull up all the single barrels that we have in stock um, and then definitely make sure you follow us on Instagram at Gold Eagle Wine, Facebook at Gold Eagle Spirits to stay up to date with all of our sales, promotions, and new items coming to the store.
1: And you still have the uh, Whiskey Acres toasted or toasted we, s- we do still have
2: it. Um, it, is, it is moving. I think we're down to like five or six cases left, and we're getting a lot of really good feedback on that. So, definitely don't miss that whiskey acres toasted barrel um i think yeah. i grabbed like and the four limits bottles off, right? limits off so if you already purchased some and we this is this is one that we did have a lot of people say i bought two bottles can i buy more like i tried it um so it's it's proven to be a good barrel um don't sleep on this whiskey acres pick i guarantee you will not be disappointed yeah it's really good yeah
0: Jake, where can people uh, listen to us or leave us comments about how I'm right with my 5% of the follower <laughs> group?
1: Uh, you can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch us on Spotify and YouTube, leave comments. You can actually comment on Spotify as well, um, as well as YouTube, obviously. Um, so yeah, leave comments. Um, you can also email us at bourbonmatters at gmail.com if you really feel like going on a rant. Um, and I'll just forward it to Dan um, and then uh, yeah, next week we're continuing the series with the greatest distillery of all time Oh god. Heaven Hill
0: <laughs> Weird, I um, feel a cold coming on it, I don't think I'm going to be on that episode next week <laughs>
1: <laughs> Um so, yeah, then uh, through the end of the year, basically, or, uh, up until uh, Christmas Eve, we're continuing the big six. Um, and then uh, we'll wrap up the year with our whiskeys of the year. Um, I think next week we'll announce the rules for our blend off because um, we still need to hash those out. I was going to um, say, I mean, I like we'll the have- rules you came up with. Yeah, we'll have. Uh, I like the
0: rules that there are no rules.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think but we all know you're going to cheat anyway. We need so. to have some kind of boundary.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to cheat. I'm just going to Bill Belichick it.
2: Yeah, I'm
0: going to yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. <Well, he> <laughs> play loose with the rules, but not get caught. There
1: you go. he gets caught. He's got to play loose with the rules. Um. So yeah, next week we'll announce those rules. Um. That we'll have about a month. You know, to complete our blends. Um. And then I think we're gonna try and do a live uh, taste off. Um, So more details on that to come, Um, because the three of us can't vote; it won't be fair. So (laughs) we need a bigger, bigger voting pool.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Also coming up in a few short episodes. I mean, Jakey could do it now. You could admit, you're, you're going to admit defeat here pretty soon on our Bears Packers bet for who ends up better in the <laughs> NFC North. So, whenever you want to announce a bottle you're going to give me uh, out of your collection, that'd be great. Screwball.
1: <laughs> <laughs> had to be
2: over $50. We had a $50 floor on that. All right.
1: <laughs> I'll find something for you. Uh, Don't
2: worry. But this bet you, is you not over you, yet. You can, yeah, you, but should, at you can this give point, up and At this admits... point I'd rather have a better draft pick, so <laughs> I'm I'm kinda, <laughs> the I'm kinda on your that's, side. I know it's a it's a good excuse the, for us. I'm gonna roll that's with what it. the Bears say every
0: year and mm-hmm. I can't wait for the better <laughs> draft pick, and then every year you keep asking for better draft picks, and every year you i think you'd get it better and have to worry
2: about better drafts. That's just the bears' way where that's that's how we do it. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs>
2: All, All right, right. guys.
1: See you next Um, week.
0: I would cheers you with my thing, but I got a coffee mug and it's not going to make it. I got
1: here. Cheers. Oh, Jesus. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers.